I don't know what's happened over the last six years. I mean, I kind of do, but uh, you know, that where everyone just went to, you know, just such hatred for each other. Yeah. Like I, you know, that that's what I don't under. I'll never. I hate it because to me, there's nothing more enjoyable than having a conversation with someone who I disagree with vehemently. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome back to Better Stories. Uh, we are having a great time putting these out this season, uh, season three, and I hope that you all are enjoying it. I so appreciate the feedback, the the text messages, the emails, just telling me um, that you've enjoyed the the stories that we're sharing. It's been a blast getting these out there. Uh, I have to tell you, today's episode is, I think, one for the books. Um, I'm so excited to share this with you. Uh, the the guest. The friend is Kevin Redford. Um, Believe it or not, you'll hear us talk about this. Kevin and I met. uh, Our daughters were born, our our oldest daughters were born three days apart from each other. Um, And we met in Lamaze class. Now, how many stories do you hear that start in Lamaze class of two men? Isn't that that incredible? Um, Kevin is a a father and a husband located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, where we used to live. We hung out a lot. We got through most of the series of Lost and the early days of American Idol together as families. We would hang out with our newborns. We would hit pause on the DVR when the kids cried, when they had to be fed. And it took us like three hours to watch one Lost and three hours to watch an American Idol when Taylor Hicks was famous. You got to go back and look up Taylor Hicks. Um, But Kevin is a great friend. He's an entrepreneur. He's a small business consultant and a mentor. He's an artist, a musician. He told me he enjoys writing unpublished articles and listening to podcasts of his friends. And I said, well, you got to be on my podcast then. And he said, I've never heard it. No, I'm kidding. We we talked a lot about it. Um, We have just this, this fun ability to pick up. It doesn't matter how long it's been since we haven't talked. We just pick up where we are, where we've been, and uh, jump right into ridiculous banter. So today is a little bit different for Better Stories, but I think I think it's going to become a series of just Better Stories unscripted because literally I said, Kevin, you want to be on the podcast? He said, absolutely. I said, I'm not going to plan anything. I'm not sending you any questions. We're just going to talk. And he said, I wouldn't read anything if you sent it. So it was, it was perfect. It was just a Better Stories unscripted, which I think, again, is going to become... Uh, a smaller series within a series. So I hope you enjoy this. Um, all kidding aside, Kevin is a, a dear, dear friend of mine, and I so enjoy our conversations and hope you do as well. Enjoy this episode of Better Stories. Yeah, yeah I got you. Yeah. Did you, did you ever fully or. run? Did you ever formally run for anything? Uh, no, I did not run. I uh, I actually have an interesting, uh, better story. Um, with uh, <laughs> we're just going to jump that. in. Let's let's make That's this. Fine. I figure. Let's make I this. Figure. I assume we were in this a while ago. Um, no, in 2006, I was what 24, mm-hmm. and I had become very interested in politics, and I decided I was going to run for the state house. And we were friends at that time. Yeah. And your wife, your wife even said, "Hey, I'll help you. Whatever." Didn't ask any position. Didn't ask any thoughts on what I was going to do or wanted to do. She just said, "You're my friend. I want to help you." She's pretty and eager. So yeah, she is. She's she's great that way. She probably did the same thing with you. She's like, right. "You're my friend. <laughs> I don't care what you think about this, that, or the other. I'll marry you. That's fine." Right. So, um, so what happened was I uh, I had gotten a little bit of steam rolling with uh, just getting my name out there, talking to some friends in the uh, in the party uh, in the county, and. Uh, 
there was another guy who had been a long time player in the in the game who uh, ran a newspaper and was not exactly beloved, but he it was his turn. You know, that's how we saw it. And I was this bright-eyed optimist. I'm like, hey, let's let's duke it out in the primary. Let's let them decide. Do you want to go with the old guy or the new guy? I thought that was exciting. He said, no, this is my turn. And I said, well, let's let the voters decide. He said, I've decided. You're done. I said, well, I don't think that's how this system works. And he said, all right, we'll be in touch. I said, okay. This was a nice meeting at Panera that I paid for. And um, so a couple days later, I get a call from him, and he said, hey, I was up uh, late last night. I said, oh, were you thinking about this? And he said, yeah, I was, I was with the, um, the district attorney, and we were looking into your, your family history and stuff like that. I said, oh, yeah? What'd you find? I, I'm interested. He said, nothing. I said, oh. He said, you're practically a Kennedy. He said, you've got nothing, nothing negative going on. He said, you got a young wife. He said, you got, you know, two kids. He said, this, you know, or one kid on the way. This is looking... This is looking interesting. Like, you look like the perfect candidate. I said, thank you for finally coming around. I said, so we're going to have to make some stuff up. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I run a newspaper. And he said, your family business, it'll be gone. He said, you're going to rue the day that you went against me. Like, everything that your family has worked for, I'll destroy it. He said, I I have the newspaper. I can make anything I want. I'll destroy you. I went, huh. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm going to think about this. And then uh, the next day, um, I get a call from the county, um, uh, the head of the party. And he said, hey, uh, we're really thinking we'd like to just have you know this other guy run. <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm starting to get that impression that this was not going over well. He said, yeah, you know, tell, uh, tell your wife Skipper. We're, uh, you know, we'd appreciate it if she didn't uh, argue. I said, Skipper? He said, yeah, wasn't that her nickname back when she was in high school? I said, you guys went to my wife's nickname in high school? He said, oh, we got we got so much stuff. I went, okay, you know what? I got literally a 18-month-old. I got a baby on the way. I said, I'm done. I said, this is this is stupid. And so I took some time away from, from politics for quite a while. I've always had my opinions, but I've not decided to run. If I was going to run now, it'd be 10 years from now. Yeah. It would be. It's something that's still in the back of my mind. Like, I'd like to do it. But... I, I, I've always wrestled with why do I want to do it? And, and when I couldn't, it's like a tattoo. You're a tattooed man. I'm not. And I've always wanted to get a tattoo, but I couldn't decide what kind of tattoo I want. And that's, you know, what, you know, you look at that in terms of like a political legacy, like what would I want my political legacy to be? Like in 2006, it would have been who knows what compared to now. I don't remember what my big things I was looking forward to doing back then. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, what is that? Seven, was 16 years later, and, uh, you know, I, I'm so much, I think I so much, I'm just much wiser now. So I, I don't know what I would have done then compared to now, but I, I still think I would have been good at it. I just don't know that, uh, I don't know what my legacy would have been, how, how, what political wave over the last 16 years would have taken me out. You know, I just, I think yeah. about that. Like if I had gone in, like, <laughs> which one would I, which hill would I have died on? Which one would I, you know, and especially now, I mean, obviously, after listening to episode one, you know, that what you experienced is so frustrating to me as a, I'm not, obviously after 2006, I stopped being a party guy, but I do align myself with a lot of the fundamental principles of the one party. But the, uh, but I, I, I've obviously, I'm not a diehard anything, I, nothing. And so 
there are issues that I, I, I really get serious about, but I, I don't take an A, I don't post on Facebook. And, you know, and, and what I want to say about um, when I was listening to the last part of your thing, and I don't know how much of your stuff you want to talk about for that, but uh, when I was listening to it, it frustrated me as obviously as your friend, but also, you know, there's there's a good bit of people out there who are afraid and t- I mean, literally terrified for all the work that they've done and everything that they've done in life, accomplished in life, to be taken away because they post an opinion. And um, I would say that you know, the pendulum does swing on that. Like there was times when you said half the stuff that we consider mainstream thought now would have gotten you, you know, thrown to the wolves years ago. But now it's just mainstream thought. And so it does swing back and forth. But for someone, when you posted what you posted and, and I read it, I remember it and I read it one point and, and and I didn't necessarily agree with it but at the same time it didn't it never offended me I just went oh that's a good point and sometimes when you hear a good point you go eh that's nice that's a good point you know what I mean <laughs> I, I hate that there's nothing worse and, but, I, but I'm also very comfortable hearing that and going eh I hate giving up ground but you know what you're right that's a good point it's valid yeah and uh, and so what frustrated me about the reaction you got is that these same people who would deal with the frustrations of not really being able, they're, they're still afraid of being canceled themselves for thinking one certain way. That when someone says something that goes against what they believe, they want to cancel so quickly because it's like, we're fi- oh, finally, we have someone we can go out. Mm-hmm. And that, I'm like, why, why are you doing that? Like, like, can't we all, I've been frustrated. Like, I've been through elections where I said, man, you know, I really wish my side won and we lost. And then I'll see someone that I would do business with. And he would post online, say, oh, I'm so happy tonight. And I looked at it and said, oh, that's it. I'm canceling my subscription, whatever it is, you know. Yeah. But the next day, you, you know, you wake up and go, yeah, you win some, you lose some. What are you going to do? He's yeah. happy. Let him be happy. You know, it's like it's like sports fans. Like, I'm a big Penguins fan. Penguins win the cup. I'm so happy. When, you know, the Capitals are our tribal, win the cup. I was just as happy for them because they had earned it. It was their turn. And I was, I read this the other day. I'm like, that's how I feel. Like, I just... I understand the pendulum. I understand the ups and downs of it all. I don't know what's happened over the last six years. I mean, I kind of do, but uh, you know, that where everyone just went to, you know, just such hatred for each other. Yeah. Like I, you know, that that's what I don't under. I'll never. Under, I hate it because to me, there's nothing more enjoyable than having a conversation with someone who I disagree with vehemently yeah. about religion, politics, or whatever. I live for those conversations because, you know. What's the point? I, I, I mean, firstly, I can't stand people I agree with on everything. Right. I can't stand them. <laughs> Someone calls me up and says, hey, hey, how about this? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. They're no fun like, for I, you. It ruins it for me. Yeah, and that's why. <laughs> and so, like, I've been going through. You've had some tough times. I've quietly had some tough times here, Justin, where I can't have fun arguments with people I disagree with because uh, they take it to such extremes. Yeah. Like, it's, so- we're not. So here, here, no, it's good. It's great. And some point we'll introduce you, but I have a question first. So I have this hunch that in the past, our friendship, I've annoyed you because I'm so obsessively like, "Ah, I can see that. I'm good. Like, I don't, I don't really have, like I've told, I've told Carrie and a couple friends, like, I don't really see a lot of things that are worth getting mad and angry and fighting about. You don't get mad and angry. But you see a lot of things that are worth arguing about. Yes. And I think that I've probably annoyed you to death, but made your life more fun as well. 
you you are what Ben Franklin would call an extreme <laughs> moderate. Oh yeah, and it's it's. Could you say that like several times on this podcast so that those who yeah. think your that extreme, I'm one <laughs> your extreme moderation is so frustrating because <laughs> like to a person who likes to argue, someone who doesn't have a strong opinion is it's like mush, and you can't like I I want to punch, <laughs> I want to punch back that kind of thing, and you're just like oh oh okay. It's like yeah, you're. Like it's the, like you light the fuse, and I just keep snuffing it out. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. You're, you're practically a Canadian, and so I don't understand <laughs> why that works for you, but it does work for you. And I've become so much more. I don't want to say I've become more modern. I have always liked being able to see both sides of the argument, but taking one. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I swear I've spent an hour one night at a bar. Not that I frequent bars, I just happen to be in one. But I was spending an hour at a bar arguing over who the best cutoff man in baseball was. And it didn't matter. And that's what I love about sports, is it really doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't. As a guy whose teams have never won, you have to understand, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because uh, if you're a Raiders fan, you guys won once, right? <laughs> Sometime, before I was yeah. born. Yeah, and then you're a Yankees fan, which is just the opposite of logic. But... <laughs> Uh, were you a Browns fan too? At no, point? no, never. No. Okay, maybe I was thinking of Brad Paisley. There's only two people from West Virginia I think of <laughs> when it comes to this. It's you and Brad Paisley, and I know Brad Paisley is a big Browns fan. Okay. So anyway, it's good company. Um, yeah, yeah. So you are an extreme moderate, and is that twice? That's twice now I've gotten that. Yeah, you're happy. So no, I, I, again, I prefer to argue because it's fun. But also because I learned something. I love I love having an argument where someone will say, well, you won. But I walk away going, did I, though? Like, did I? Because I feel like I walked away having learned how wrong I was about something. <laughs> and I like that. Like, I love that. Yeah. But you walk away going, I learned as much as I lost. Things right. are good. But you said a minute ago, and I think it's a great point, like, the, the beauty of our country, if we can go there, is to say it was formed around the ability to disagree and disagree yeah. strongly and over the last six years it feels like that has been yeah. taken away because if we disagree you either hate me I hate you or like we should just go to war about it <laughs> right yeah and, 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 and that's what is so hard to really put a, an actual like what was the beginning was Donald Trump the beginning of the problem or was he just just the biggest flare up of the whole thing right like you know I remember 2000 I, you know, I remember people being very mad about Florida. You know, I remember being told that, you know, John Kerry actually won the election, but Bush switched votes. I remember hearing, you know, that, you know, John McCain was like the world's worst human being because he was running against Barack Obama. So I don't think that we can put it all on Trump, but man, that guy, he just absorbed everything and he right. was able to use it in a way I've never seen before. And it became... Yeah, and that's, yeah, I would say six years because I think he started running in 2015 and it was a joke for the first, what, six months? Yeah. And and then after that, it became like, all right, he's winning all these things. Are people voting for this because they think it's funny? Yeah. Or are they voting for it in a legitimate way where they're going, I am so tired of being preached at by people who went to Harvard and yeah. Yale that this guy, of all people, this billionaire who, if he's even a billionaire, this guy who has made a name for himself is just being a big blowhard whatever. Is he saying this stuff that a lot of people were thinking? And now it's just, look at us. We, we have somebody like us 
whether he played into that or he actually thought that way. I don't. I still, to the second, he's an interesting character when it comes down to it because you don't know what he believes, what he's saying, if he knows what he's saying. And that's, and it's just chaos. And that's, so I mean, chaos, or sorry, leadership does pour down. So if you have a chaotic person running and running the show, you're going to have chaos. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of people who walked away from that going, okay, that was interesting time that that happened. Like, you know, and then, and then there was those people who said, everything in life is ruined because of this. And then there's those people who said, that was the best thing that ever happened in this country. Right. And, and so that's when you have, you know, I listen to a lot of books about like leading up to the Civil War and all that kind of stuff. And it is. So how do you, is, how do you think we're doing? <laughs> with with you reading these books about leading up to the Civil War, how, how are we okay. doing? <laughs> we're not we're not quite there, and here's why: um, because the differences that we're fighting over are almost. What do, you, what do you think is most similar to slavery at this point in terms of arguments? Like, what do you think is the one thing that we mm. can all legitimately disagree on? The government always says, what do we all agree on? What do we all distinctly, there's a line in the sand, you are either for this or against this. Because I can think of a variation of everything. But what is, what, like, and that's what I, like, slavery was such an interesting, interestingly, like, hard line. And you had a legitimate portion, and it was geographic, too. Like, I think to myself, if we're going to war, I'm going to war with this neighbor, but not this one, not this one, but the next one. Right. So I don't know how that civil war breaks out. I could easily see how the other one broke out because one's entire economy and everything was based on one terrible thing and the other one was saying, no, we're against that mm-hmm. and, and and we're going to stop it and we're going to do it you know, by the law, but we're going to get it done. Yeah. And so there was a distinct difference there. I don't know what that one specific thing is that we can all say, like, you go to a party and say, I'm for that. I guess, I'm guessing Roe v. Wade would be the first thing that comes to your mind. But like something that you say, I'm for this and you're kicked out of the party or you're welcome in yeah. open arms. You know what I mean? I can't think of anything other than that. Well, and I think it's I think it's related to our lack of attention focus, right? It's it, it's passion deficit disorder, right? Like so social media is kind of the mechanism that that pushed the Donald Trump symptom to the forefront. I agree with you. I don't think that was the epitome of it all. I think it started way before that. But the polarization, you know, I see something that happens like yesterday on the news. There, there's another police brutality thing going on, and I'm, I'm like, oh, this is, this is terrible. Like, what are we going to do about this? Well, I wake up this morning and I'm going to see something else, and my passion yeah. is redirected towards whatever right. that thing is, versus right. this is the common thing in our country that we're all standing against or trying, you know, or, and I think that's the thing is like the focus doesn't exist for real change, for real transformation. Right, and, and that's and that's what. There's nothing that's not polarized. The word love is not polarized. You you can't just say, hey, can we all just be for one thing? Let's just all be for we love each other. Right. We all we have respect. That that's out the window because if you love and respect this person, then you're going against everything I believe. So, yeah, um, yeah, I can see what you're saying, and you're right. It is a constant flare up every single day of something new, something different, every single day, and that's. And so I think fatigue sets in, where some of us just go, I'm just not going to read the news anymore. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So I'm done. Yeah, there's a study that, that came out, the, I think it's called More in Common. Um, yeah. And they're talking about how it's like, 
15% is truly the representation of fanatical right or extreme right, extreme left, the majority of Americans are this fatigued middle, is what they call yes. it, where it's just yeah. like, no, we actually are still moderate. We still could disagree, but we are not represented in whatever is being seen, said, read, spoken, talked about. And you've got the mechanisms dialing the knobs of like, hey, let's make anger <laughs> flare up here. Yeah. Let's get outrage here. Let's yeah. get, and it's, you know, like you said, it's killing us because we're not sitting and talking about the disagreements. Yeah. And it's we're taking all your fun away. You can't argue with people anymore. Well, just take, just take <laughs> America like a marriage, just for fun, okay? Let's say that, you know, um, the left side are the women, the right side are the men, and, and just a traditional, yeah, you're going to have to cut this, because I have to, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, take it, like, take it like a relationship, where you have two people in that. Their biggest headaches, finances, how the kids are being raised, church, all that kind of stuff, you can't talk about that in the marriage. Mm-hmm. That, that's just not, talk, we can't talk about Because right. if you talk about it, you're going to have a fight. And that fight, which normally, I, I'm not big on fighting to resolve you know, situations. Like, I don't get into screaming matches with anybody. But you have to be able to talk about things. And if you can't talk about things at all, that marriage falls apart weekly, within a week, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's where we are right now. We are in a marriage with people, and they disagree on certain things, which for a while worked. It was great. Mm-hmm. We loved each other. It was all yeah. good. But now we can't talk about anything. Yeah at all and and that's yeah that's the the great issue i mean there are people that i I love and two years ago you know i could say oh i'm i'm voting for this person whatever they say oh you're nuts whatever i can't believe you think that way and now i'm afraid that they're gonna know (laughs) that i you know might vote for this congressperson like that's that's no way to live life right you know what i mean And, and and i was thinking about this with uh you know just like parents of friends that my kids have like you know like do they do they think like me do they think and, and I, i'm always wondering how do you approach, uh, approach that conversation but we just don't so now we have these fake conversations we talk about you know oh you're getting together for a vacation like no i just want to say like hey how about what's going on over here and that you can't talk about it. you no. just can't no. like i can't say it's terrible like the the worst thing in human history are these school shootings i can't say that's terrible without 10 people saying Oh yeah, well, what are you gonna do about right. it? Like, why can't I just say I'm sad about that? Right, right. And and and, and the, I think the phrase that kills me more than anything is silence is violence. Sometimes silence is just respect for the situation. Yeah. And yeah. I know nothing about what happens in these things until weeks later. We don't. None of us. Do. Right. But the people who just jump out there and scream it, and and I was gonna say this earlier. I feel like there may be this whole class of people. We can call them the political class who obviously make a living by stating their opinions. And then there's those people whose entire existence is to, you know, to make us mad at each other because they're better off when we are. Mm. They're just better off when yeah. we're mad at each other all the time. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's my issue with, uh, with politics now. And, you know, <laughs> again, I do study that stuff. So like Henry Clay and all those guys, I mean, yeah, they're, they're looked at in a historical lens is like these great orders, but they're still human beings. I don't know what we have today. Mm-hmm. What, what we have Ted Cruz, Nancy Pelosi, like what, are they really going to be, you know, remembered a hundred years from now as like right. the, the Henry Clays that we remember the Lincolns? No, I, I, I don't, I don't think you're going to have that because these, those people still have focus groups. They still have polling people. They have a whole party's deciding what's going on. Lincoln said, 
I'm for this, this, and I'm not sure about this, but let's figure it out. Yeah. Let's get it done. Yeah. And we don't, you don't have that anymore because you can't have that. You and, can't. And what you described is for us to be the best version of us, we have to have these relationships that are authentic, that are transparent, that you're talking to the kids that go to, you know, the parents that go to, uh, their kids go to school with your kids. And yeah. because we're afraid of these topics, we're diminishing the ability for the relationships to go deeper which mm-hmm. diminishes the ability for hard conversation. So it's this right. spiral of like, right. oh, we're just going to stay on the surface and be really pissed right. off when you bring up something that I'm unhappy about. Yes, like you're waiting on pins and needles to see if they say <laughs> yes. something like, oh, well, you know, at least Biden's trying you. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> What's that now? Who'd you say? So, yeah. <laughs> hey, we're, we're just all trying to make America great again. Like, yeah. uh, what did you say there? I think I heard yep. something in that, what you just said. And like, we're all... They, I, I love the phrase dog whistle. Like, like, sorry, like Donald Trump is smart enough to sit there and think, oh, this will really rile those people. You know, I, I think he's just talking. And that's when, and it's what he's thinking is, is you know, wrong. And, and what he says is wrong. But it gets people fired up and it gets people, and I don't know, it's like on one hand, we treat him like he's the world's biggest idiot and this horrible human. Then we treat him like he's a, a mastermind evil. Like maybe he's just an idiot right. at some point. You know what I mean? Like I've said stuff that's brilliant and I've said stuff that's really stupid, but at the same time, I'm probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And, and that's that's what a lot of people are. Some people make their way up to the White House and they mm-hmm. can still do that. It's just, I don't know. Um, I was going to say something. Oh, on the, on the subject of that, just go back to the whole marriage thing. Like how many arguments have you had with Carrie where at the end of it you go, wow, I disagree with her, but we are so much closer because I now understand where she's coming from. And we don't have that no. at all. No. And, and no. I don't have that with any of my friends. And and uh, even like Reagan, you know, my oldest, our kids are seniors this year. Ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but uh, the uh, uh, my I remember early on, kindergarten, first grade, we went to the elementary school and we were meeting with just various parents. And the ones that, and this was what, 2010, I guess, the, the ones that, you know, I knew agreed with me politically. She came up and said, "Hey, you're for you're for this, right?" And I went, "Yeah, how'd you know?" No, oh, I just had no problem talking about it. It was just, and I just missed that, yeah, immensely. And then the people that were against, like, don't talk to her. She's against it. And they're like, she said, "What?" Like, oh, we know you're voting for this guy. She's like, ah, shut up. I mean, gosh, it makes me so upset that I'm not going to have that for. I think for at least a little while. Yeah, you know, I, I think we will come back. I yeah. do. I don't. I feel like we've been on the edge. This is like our 1968. Don't you think? <laughs> like, don't you think 2020 and 1968 now? What, what, what finally brought us all back? I mean, who knows? Because, you know, I, I'm like, well, Ronald Reagan brought us all back. And half the country goes, uh, no, I don't think we were good until 92. And you're like, oh, okay, forgot about that. So, it, it, but at the same time, we can still joke about it. My grandfather and father had the best conversations. Like, where he just yeah. laughed and laughed about how much, he was all pro-union, and my dad was not. And it was just, those were the best. I love watching those conversations. Yeah, but yeah. That's, that's all we are. So you brought up our kids. We met in mm-hmm. Lamaze class. Yeah. Yeah, we had some good times. We did. <laughs> and now we have seniors in high school, so we're both getting old. How how yes. are you parenting through this? Like, how are you... This is the thing that I'm, like, I know. stressing about, getting ready to send my oldest out to college. Um, it's been it's been very interesting with Reagan. Like I told you earlier, she, she was a... a firebrand she wanted to just argue politics and and it made me laugh i'm like right please tell people that you didn't learn all this i wondered where she got it yeah because i because (laughs) even i read it went oh man you're a little too extreme there kid you know where'd this come from because um you know i'm not an extreme moderate like you but uh but you know I, i do i have my opinions i don't know where she got these and 
I mean, it's definitely not, I don't want to say it tapered off, but she's learned to, to not shout them from the rooftops. And honestly, I've not, here's what really happened, I think. I think she started to get some following on TikTok, and she was liking that. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, posting stuff, and she was arguing. And I didn't disagree with the, the fundamentals of what she was arguing. So I'm like, this is funny. Like, she would post videos, and I'm like, ah, it's, a little, it's a little pushy. We're pushing the edge there. You know, that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like, she was extremely, um, really hard line on a couple issues and she did her research and it led to some family fights not in ours but outside of our you know mm-hmm. our media family uh that lasted for quite a while um i think covid tamed her down a little bit just because um yeah she just got you know the world changed and, and everything just felt different and so uh does she still think that way no she was also what 15 mm-hmm. you know um, and, and just getting excited about her, her first chance to argue with people. Yeah. But um, do I look forward to, man, I don't know. I, I, I'm interested to see. I've seen so many people go to college and come back totally different. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, friends. Or I, just, I, I said, hey, how's it going? I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I changed how I think about this, that. And I'm like, oh, wow, that was, what, that was all two months? That's all it took? <laughs> so I do, I worry about that. I mean, she's looked at some Christian colleges. She's looked at some, uh, you know, other colleges. She's got a long time boyfriend that is just the nicest kid they met through church um they're both just the sweetest kids and i I feel like that if that goes strong i think she'll be fine i think if they break up i could see that impacting her sure i don't know how much of that i want on on the podcast but like i could see that her um as long as she maintains the friendships and relationships she has now she'll be good i I just wonder what would happen if that fell apart in the middle of the time away she's not going to go too far away though how how would your life, my life, have been different if we had grown up in the age of social media? Like I, um, I think about I'd be that. A lot <laughs> You'd be wealthier. I, would, I think yeah. I would be a horrible person. I think I would be Do you either. Think so? I think I'd either be in a fetal position, like mm-hmm. with insecurity and anxiety, oh, or I would yeah. be an absolutely awful person. Like I think about my kids. Um, they're just everything's public. It, you know, it doesn't have to be. But as you just said, like fifteen years old. I've got a following. Let's go. <laughs> Let's right. put it all out there. <laughs> I got to give. I got to give raw meat to my followers. I um, struggle with that as a forty-two-year-old. Yep. <laughs> I know. No, she. Um, yeah. Uh, good. That's a very good question. How would I have been? I. I can tell you that the friend group I had, um, if we had had access to broad <laughs> like media, we probably would have been like. I fantasize that we would have been like kids in the hall or we would have been yeah. extremely successful like doing like comedy videos and stuff like that. Uh, we probably would have you know, flamed out within nine weeks. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like there are benefits to social media. I feel like I would, I tell myself I would have embraced them. Uh, but at the same time, how would I have handled the insecurities that, you, that come with being 14 and everyone online talking about me? That terrifies me. But they're also... I feel like they're um, they're almost born with a thicker skin. Not born with it, but they they've acquired a thicker skin on it. They, I mean, they put everything out there all the time. That may be a good thing, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. It's not like they're the only ones. Like you look at the, the child stars whose lives went very poorly because they were the only ones who lived that. Right. You know, they, they everyone knew them, but they didn't know that. Uh, you know, my kids. You know, all their friends are spread out throughout different school districts. I, I think I was. If it wasn't for church, I never would have met anyone from another school district. Right. You know, so their lives are connected in different ways. And and I think almost now they're – don't you think they're almost conditioned to be more 
out there. Like people come up and say, "Hey, aren't you aren't you Reagan?" She goes, "Yeah." Like she yeah. just assumes people know her from that. Whereas you and I would have been like, "What are you talking?" About? Like, you're <laughs> How do you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, like that's yeah. So I think it's just it's the way that they were raised like how do you think you would have fared in 1862 <laughs> not very you know well. what I mean like yeah, no, yeah, yeah, not yeah, very yeah well. but you probably would have been just fine right but that because that's what you're used to like well, right. how do you think it would have felt like if every word you wrote could be printed and spread out throughout <laughs> the country huh? like that's you, know, you you are fit for the time you're born in I mm. do believe that mm. like because the world around you works I mean it's rare you see someone truly locked in the past or well that guy's so far ahead yeah. of us except yeah. for Kanye you know Kanye right. is apparently ahead of all of us but uh, at least he thinks he is so I don't know I, I mean it's a good question but I probably shot it down I don't mean to but like I just look at it and go you, you get used to what's going on around you like you know Cash my, my youngest is probably the, the quietest and shyest of them all but you know he, he posts on social media I'm like what do you post like he just it's just what they do yeah. and they're used to it yeah. you know well, that's why that's um, good I, yeah, I mean, is that okay? I think is that an okay answer? I, I think it's wise, yeah. I, I think struggles are struggles in any generation. Yeah, I think that's right. That's that's yeah. probably spot on. So, so yeah, I mean, I would probably, if I went back to like 1862, I probably would have told myself to buy Bitcoin in yeah. 2017, <laughs> yeah. sell it in 2018, you know, but yeah. uh, I don't know. That's, yeah. that's about the extent of it. It, 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 it I, I don't think to myself that it's unfortunate. I think there's a lot of things that's unfortunate my kids were born into. Social media is actually the least to me. Right, this as we sit here, right this second. I mean, my daughter could post something right now, and I regret that in 10 minutes. But <laughs> as of right this second, I feel like because they also understand the dangers of it because they're taught it from every angle, right. they aren't the first kids who got a phone that could take a picture. You know what I mean? They, they're told from the beginning, do not send pictures that you don't want out there. Yeah, and, and so when they take pictures all day long, they're always up, oh, no, do it again, do it again, do it again. Yeah, but they're not, you know, they're not stupid like. I feel like that's where there would have been issues back. Have you guys yeah. seen The Social Dilemma? Have you happened to watch it on Netflix? You know, I have not because I don't like being preached at. Right. <laughs> so we watched it with our kids and yeah. literally their response was like, uh, we kind of feel like adults are worse at this. <laughs> and yeah, I was and, like, and, I'm pretty sure you're right. Like, I'm pretty sure you yeah. guys get this intuitively. Yeah. And we're yeah. just being manipulated because we didn't really realize. Yeah, it. and that's and that's and I do think that way too because I you know, someone told me about it. and my favorite my favorite fairy tale that people tell like parents tell their kids like my favorite fairy tale is that you're not gonna have a phone until you're 16. I love that because <laughs> it is absolutely insane. It's cute. It is. It's adorable <laughs> to tell a two year old they can't have a phone until they're 16. But when everybody in your life has it, it's like saying no, you can't have a bike until you're 14 because you might get hurt. You get a bike as soon as you can ride it because that's just – I'm not saying get a kid a phone so they can have it, but I'm saying I was never against that. I loved putting my kid's phone number into my phone because I would work and I could just text my kid, hey, I hope you're having a great day. Like that yeah. kind of, I loved that element. And then, then you know, my advice is always like just embrace the stuff that sucks and then try to make it work for you right. um, because, yeah, do I love that my kids are out there all the time? I'm just so used to it. Yeah. You know, people come – Oh, I saw Reagan on Instagram did this. I said, yeah, that saved me the trouble having to tell you about it. Yeah. So, you know, I don't have to brag about my kids anymore. They brag for themselves. And then someone tells me they saw it, and then we're good. You still talk, about, your, you still talk about yourself, though? So it just saves time. You can talk uh, about it. Well, no, it saves time that I can just talk about me. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's what people want to talk They don't really want to talk about my kids. They just want to hear me talk. Yes. So they're like, oh, what's another topic we can talk about? Yes. Oh, his kids. Yes. Right? So, so here's the Kevin Redford rabbit hole I want to go down with the little bit of time we have today. 
I want to hear about yeah. all the famous people you've met, and I want to conclude. My goal is to get this podcast on Kevin Max's radar. So okay, so let's okay. yeah. You don't need any more prompts. Let's go. Okay, all the famous people I've met. Um, well, I've been on Jimmy Fallon twice. Okay, that uh, twice I've been called on the stage at a national TV show, picked randomly from the audience. Um, so I got to meet Kirsten Dunst. That was fun. She and I played catchphrase with Jimmy and another guest. Um, let's see here. That was probably the most well, not that's the second most famous person I probably have a, had like an extended interaction with. You know, I've I've taken pictures of a lot of people. I've taken pictures of Vice President Dick Cheney. I've taken pictures of, you know, like three speakers of the house, Rudy Giuliani, uh, all those different people just from various things. Um, and uh, I, I had a great, great experience photographing George W. Bush. That been one of my favorite stories because, and I can sum it up very quickly, um, I got to spend about an hour with him where it was he and I in a tent, like a, a tented area, because we're taking pictures, while you know, high dollar donors are, are filtering through. And I've noticed, and I try not to do it, and this is actually out of respect to the people making donations, I find myself in those like 15 seconds of freedom talking to the person mm -hmm. and they end up doing this thing. Joe Montana was the worst at it because they photographed Joe Montana once and we we're talking and people would be coming up and he'd be signing footballs or whatever. And uh, I'm like talking to him. He's like, yeah, I grew up over here. And he's like, oh, thanks. Signing, yeah. But he would talk to me while signing though. This person paid like, you know, whatever amount of money. Right. So anyway, with George W. Bush, it was very similar to that. And so I try not to talk too much, but, um, Two things happened with that that I thought were the most fun. The uh, one was uh, that I, I wanted him to sign something because he was signing books, but I had just purchased, because I was doing photographing his, his most recent book, Decision Points. Uh, I had just bought it on my phone, and I was listening to the audio book, and he, uh, he, he's like, uh, you want me to sign anything for you? And he's like, we've been talking for this whole time. I said, uh, I would love for you to sign my audio book, but you can't sign an audio book. He's like, no, I, I can't do that. I said, well, you can sign my phone case. I said, because it's in my phone. So he signed my phone case. It was real sweet about it. And uh, and then uh, he said, do me a favor. Make sure you listen all the way through the book, like the whole thing. I said, oh, why? Is there something deep in there? He said, no, I had to read the whole damn thing. You know, <laughs> if you don't listen to it, it was a waste of my time. I said, okay, all right. And then uh, he said, would you want a picture? I said, honestly, my wife is here. My mother is here because I brought them along to, uh, they do a thing called grab, gripping grant where they hand the purse off to somebody and then my wife would run it around the tent to the, I can't take a knife in to see the president. So if it's in a purse, you're not gonna right. So I said, can they get a picture? He said, absolutely, yeah. And so April comes walking in. He looked at my wife and said, just so you know, that's the best photographer I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I went, that's a president. That's a guy who was president during the most important like event in my yeah. life, yeah. you know, 9-11 and all that. Yeah. And so, I'd still, i tear up when I tell him, like, that was a cool moment. that he said, I want to make this guy look good to his wife. And I'm like, that's yeah. really cool. And, uh, and then, you know, I got a picture with him. And uh, that, that, that was my favorite famous person because I've always wanted to meet a president. Uh, and uh, it could have been Jimmy Carter. I wouldn't have cared. I, I want to meet any president. Not that there's anything wrong with Jimmy Carter. I know you're from the South. But, <laughs> um, you know, I'm just saying. You know, I mean, I'm like one state south of you. Like like two hours. I know, but, but technically speaking, I feel like you just labeled me as Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what's funny also is that the state that you're in, that's in the South, is actually created to be a northern state. Right. Like the whole purpose of its existence is to be a northern. We're state. pretty we're pretty confused down here. Well, you do have the middle finger of a state, which is amazing. 
Like the more I see it, the more beautiful it becomes. The more you see it. Like, yeah. yeah, it's the more I look at it, like, man, weird. Way to go. You know? I can't remember for the life of me what you wanted me to get to because I can't. I'm like, start talking. Kevin Max. I want to get to Kevin Max okay. and Christian music. So, That's where we're going to okay. end today oh, is, is Kevin yeah, Max fine. and CCM. And I've already got, like, you and I need to talk once a month just better stories unscripted. Because yeah, this, this, this is, is great. This is good. Uh, okay, so Kevin Max, to me, like, I remember writing down the people I wanted to play music with. Um, I wanted to, you know, play drums with Ringo because I thought he was a great, you know, obviously from Beatles. Um, you know, I wanted my bass player to be Sting because he can provide some fairly okay background vocals. I wanted uh, to be the guy playing rhythm guitar, and I wanted Ben Folds on piano, but I wanted the lead singer to be Kevin Max, because I thought this guy, growing up, lean on me, you know, <laughs> I thought this guy had the best voice ever, ever. And my best friend growing up uh, was a guitar player, and he was that guy, he was, you know, uh, the kid from the Sandlot, where everyone just knew he was gonna go on to do it while the rest of us only told stories about it. Talk about it. So, <clears throat> so he went on to, uh, play and he, he did a lot of stuff he was actually nominated for uh what's the most prestigious the double award he was uh, nominated for a double award um he wrote some other songs i've never been nominated for a double award have you nope you, you haven't okay i'm surprised by that i thought, <laughs> I thought maybe you had that's how prestigious it is if you, had, if you had told me well once once i was um but uh he uh he went on the tour as kevin's guitar player and they spent a lot of time um driving because let's be honest CCM doesn't have a lot of money right. in the whole touring game I mean now they've <coughs> excuse me they've really made their way up with like worship music they've really mm -hmm. figured out a way to capitalize on that right. like they've found a way to chase dollars right uh, four chords worship. and songs yeah, everybody knows four chords yes and take a Bible verse really expand <laughs> yeah. on what you're talking about like like some creative license like you can't can't believe right but anyway so Kevin Max uh hired my buddy as a guitar player and I remember one time he called me and we're talking he's like oh yeah I'm sitting here with Kevin Max I'm like this is my hero like can I talk to him he's like no I said come on you're sitting with him he heard me ask he's like no and uh he's now put you on speakerphone so he put me on speakerphone and uh I said two things to him that had nothing to do with I just wanted to act cool you know I didn't want to act like I wanted I, all I wanted to say was the freak show welcome to the freak show the best live show I've ever seen um the pleather pants, the tambourine. I remember it all. <laughs> and uh, I said to him, I'm like, hey, question for you. I don't know why I said this. I'm like, movies. Like, isn't it kind of funny that to this day, we still call them movies because it's pictures that move? And he went, um, yeah, I guess. It's like, okay, this is... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm bombing. I'm like, I'm bombing. I'm like, I feel like I'm on stage with all these lights on me. I'm going, you didn't get that? Uh, okay. All right. Um, isn't it funny in the movie Independence Day? Like, I feel like I'm talking to Brennan, but I'm trying to get them both engaged in this conversation. And isn't it funny in the movie Independence Day, Randy Quaid's character gets looked at like he's a goofball because he says that he was abducted by aliens while they're all preparing to attack aliens? Wasn't that kind of like a weird scripted moment? And Kevin Max is like, hey, Brennan, I think our, our restaurant's up here. You want to go? I'm like, okay. <laughs> Those were my two comments to Kevin Max. <laughs> and then <clears throat> you and I went to see him at this packed show <laughs> in uh, Pittsburgh. Um, like where I think it was you and me and maybe our wives. Yeah, our wives were there. Okay. And I think, and then you brought some other people that would think this was good. 
and I think we all walked away a little embarrassed. But right, I kind I mean, of got the Ron Burgundy vibe. Like, yes, I don't think you people realize how big of a deal I am. Right, <laughs> and and he was sick. And if you have he was to not say feeling it, well, and so yeah. Brennan ended up singing the majority of the night, which was incredible. Yes. Oh yeah, Brennan's great, and so yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was my. That, don't ever meet your heroes. Is a really <laughs> that's a lesson. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not being a jerk to Kevin Max. It's just he's not what he thinks he is. Yeah, it's really like funny that. you mentioned Joe Montana too because his son came to school for a year at the college that I'm now working at. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, okay. No. He no. like he started D1 and got okay. into trouble, and then ended up. Yes, at I kind of remember that happening. Another D1 because... and got into trouble, and like his last effort <laughs> to get through school was. Yeah. West Virginia Wesleyan College, staunch, okay. you know, yeah. empire of the South, right? Right. And yeah. so I'm yeah. walking through campus one day before I ever worked here playing racquetball with my buddy, and yeah. Joe Montana is, like, lounging on the steps of the – and I think he was That's, here yes. for two weeks for football camp just to make sure his son did not get yeah. in more legal trouble. And I was Joe like – You know, so I kind of had that same moment where I was like, yeah. hey, Joe, welcome to Buchanan. And he's like – Thanks. Like, I'm never coming back here, but thanks. <laughs> Welcome to Buchanan. Thank you. Is that how it's pronounced? Yes. yes. Okay. Thank you. Now I know. I am. This is really fun, man. This was fun. I wish you do this all the time. I Why think, don't we just do this every day? Every think, morning at night? I think once a month would be great. Okay. I, I like yeah. that suggestion. Yeah. Well, we'll have to wait for the reviews to come in.